This is the Magic Word Podcast.com. Every time someone listens to an episode of the Magic Word Podcast, an angel gets his wings. That's right. That's right. Happy New Year from Scott Wells and the Magic Word Podcast.com. I thought you might enjoy hearing something that was actually taken from It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. That was an original, unedited piece of the film that uh, was encouraging people way back then even to listen to the Magic Word podcast. We've been around for a long time, certainly. And uh, I I would add to that hashtag help an angel. Let's get that going. Make uh, that go viral. Help an angel. There we go. And listen to the Magic Word podcast. Well, this year, as we wrap up another year of uh, broadcasting podcasts here from the Magic Word Podcast Studio, I am going to be bringing you a, a longtime friend of mine who is, uh, it will leave you with a lot of smiles. This is uh, going to be a great episode featuring Carrie Pollock. Carrie and I have been friends that go back to the early 80s when we worked together at the Magic Island in Houston and shared a lot of uh, good memories together. And he has gone on to do such great great things, and we're going to be talking about this in this week's episode, so I don't want to spoil all that because he has a lot to say, and I think he'll enjoy us because I just kind of stand out of the way and let him tell the stories because <laughs> this is all about him, not about me. But also, this whole podcast that we've been doing for all these years, and this being uh, our episode number 807, uh, is really all about you, the listener, and I want to thank each of you for coming back week after week and for listening to this podcast and for supporting us. And uh, in that regard, if you can help us with your financial pledge, that would be great. If you could pledge something on a monthly basis through Patreon or PayPal, or if you can give us a one-time or perhaps an occasional donation uh, whenever, monthly or annually or whenever that you can, that would be appreciated too. And of course, as mentioned in the past, we are an affiliate of Amazon, so we get a few pennies off of your purchases if you'll just click on the link that's provided at the magicwordpodcast.com. And then finally, I do want to remind everybody we have a contest going on then right now. We're into the second and final week of accumulating names and email addresses for the DVD, The Watch Steel Video by Chappie Brazil and Charles Bach. I know there are several of you who might be interested in this. I think it's a, a fantastic video that you will enjoy and get a lot out of that you can do close-up, stand-up stage, uh, impromptu, whenever and wherever. And they teach you all the tips and tricks and things you need. The only issue about this is it is a DVD. It was just one generation after the VHS, which was after the Beta Max. <laughs> So it is kind of an older technology, and not a lot of people even have DVR players anymore. But if you do, I should say DVD players. If you don't have a DVD player, you can still perhaps plug this into your computer if you've got a drive for that. Well, again, let me step out of the way over here because Carrie Pollock has a lot of stuff to talk about here this week. And so please enjoy and welcome my guest this week for the final guest for this year of 2023. Please welcome Carrie Pollock here on The Magic Word. It 
it's, it's so much fun always to uh, have guests every week that uh, they're friends of mine I've had for a long number of years and always uh, fun to get together and, and, and chat. And this is someone who I had worked with way back in the early days in the 1980s with uh, at the Magic Island. And um, he was one of the favorite people who would always come in that uh, to, to get booked. And uh, used to come in a conversation with Brett Daniels until finally oh, yeah. that uh, Scott Langdorf said, I'm not going to have those two guys in at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> then he said it about Kerry and Vito after <laughs> that, remember? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. None of us were ever banned from the club, but banned from each other. <laughs> that's right. They loved you, but it's like, oh, no, these guys are too much trouble. <laughs> and it wasn't We never. No. In trouble, we just had too much fun. In the after hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. And even during what we yeah. horse around during the shows and stuff. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he now has his own club that is the Comedy and Magic Cabaret in Myrtle, uh, in Hilton Head, uh, South Carolina. And it has been operating now for about how many years? Seven, eight Ten. years? Ten. We're years. in our okay. tenth, tenth year, year. And, okay. um, on the island, yep. Uh, many of you might know him from some of the things that he had made, uh, Showtech being perhaps one that everybody should have if you haven't uh, purchased one in the different iterations. I remember so many years ago we were sitting around lunch. We'll get to that. Uh, oh, yeah. and, 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 uh, and his company was Wireless Wizardry, and he uh, and, and Tim handles that now. We'll talk about that. Uh, well, no, then, no, not, no, Tim, no, no, he doesn't? Okay. no, not for quite a while. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm getting way off the subject here. Yeah. <laughs> so let me just say. No, he went, uh, he started working ships, uh, oh, performing, right. yeah. and so he, he still worked with me a lot as under contract, mm -hmm. and a little now, um, but... Uh, and then he he uh, went full time to a bank again for a while. Oh, and got okay. off ships, mm -hmm. and now he's uh, part owner in my club. Is I Tim let him Hall? buy What's in. His last name? He, Hill. 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 Tim oh, Hill. Yeah. And so I let him buy some interests. Uh, so when I want to travel more, he's there and can do shows and run the place. Yeah. And and uh, and now he's doing new product uh, management for uh, Vanishing Inc. Oh, that's for great. Andy and uh, Josh. And Josh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but the name of the company, again, was uh, Wireless Wizardry, and uh, many of the things that he has consulted for and worked with, one of them being uh, Warren and Annabelle's, which unfortunately just recently had gone through the uh, devastating fire in uh, Lahaina, uh, Hawaii, uh, as well as uh, other clubs uh, and uh, private homes where he has... Uh, put some amazing things into these places. One of them was uh, Giovanni's place down in Florida. That, yeah, he did his a, old place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyhow. That was cool, a cool place. <laughs> I don't know if we have enough time to everything we want to talk about over here. Here he is in right now, Kerry Pollock. Hey, Kerry. How are you doing? It's good <laughs> to be doing here. fantastic. It's been way too long, way too long. You've been uh, busy, but we've been kind of going in uh, different yeah. uh, same circles, but in, you know, following yeah, each other. Yeah, we kind of, hi, hi, hi. And then we're... Oh, one thing I forgot to mention also, this uh, for listeners, and that is Kate Needeth. You were the uh, creator of Kate Needeth, which yeah. again goes back to the Magic Island in those days. As I recall, then Frank Price had uh, kind of come up with that flip or some yeah, sort of move. Yeah, I, I had just come up with that actually right around the time I first started working Magic Island, mm -hmm. and um, and that's where I worked it out really. Yeah, and um, I I forget the move I was doing, and Frank was just brilliant, and yeah. uh, uh, what a wonderful wonderful man. And uh, he said, you know, I've got, let, let's play with that one move. You know, it looks a little weird. And, and so we play with it and he came up with it. And, and, uh, and then when Scott, uh, 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 not Scott, uh, uh, Palmer. Um, oh, Bill Palmer. Bill Palmer. I don't know why I called him Scott. Um, Bill Palmer asked if, uh, he talked me into selling it. Mm -hmm. And then he wrote up the instructions. Okay. And he said, and 
the, he said, I'll write the instructions where you should sell it. And I said, I don't know that I want to sell it. And he talked me into it, which I'm kind of glad I sold thousands of them. I bet you have. And uh, so he, he just dubbed it. He said, then, uh, he said, it's not really a known move, so we'll call it the Pollock flip mm-hmm. is what you do here. And so I called him uh, right away, and I said, no, that, that's the price flip. That's not the Pollock <laughs> flip. Give credit to Frank. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, just a great trick. And uh, I remember one of the fellows uh, there in town who was making them use with the uh, plastic cards, you know, for mm-hmm. a long time, but you could wipe Randy, off. Randy. Randy Whitworth. Whitworth, yeah. yeah. And he did a great job and mm-hmm. so reasonable. And he passed away early. He did, oh, some years ago. And yeah, a nice guy. Super was, nice guy. He was. Well, magic, but too shy to perform, really. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he uh, also, uh, yeah, worked in like this factory that made plastics, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But he loved fiddling around with magic. I mean, my switchblade, I always use a switchblade, you know, for my bill and lemon at the mm-hmm. end and everything. And well, it broke. And he said, well, let me fiddle around with that. And he fixed it. You know, he, I don't know, welded or did something. Yeah. So it was permanent forever. It won't ever break again. I said, how much? He said, ah, I just like fooling with it. He said, take it. That's fine. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah, that's how he was. I had to make yeah. him take money almost. Yeah. Or yeah. Kate needed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, funny thing was that it, uh, he would make these cards, you know, at night after his regular job was right. over because he could stick around in this, this place. Uh, but he smoked these um, King Edward cigars, these really cheap cigars. And so the, <laughs> the cards would sometimes, you know, he'd open up the pack and smell like yeah. cigars. Yeah, that's, I, did, I didn't <laughs> notice that. But I remember one time also that uh, I had done this uh, at... Uh, Kate needed at the 4F convention when I first really kind of introduced it that. And as soon as I did it, three guys, including Doc Eason, had jumped to me and said, I want that. Where can I get that? Is that yours? I said, no, it's Carrie Pollock's. And uh, and then they started trying to order from me. And I said, no, you know, this came from from Randy because what happened, I remember one particular case, I think, that Doc Eason had left his in the back window of the car. And, you know, obviously they're plastic. They kind of, you know, warp a little bit. And and then later they were made with uh, better quality paper i think well cardboard uh, well i don't know if it was better i still like to i still use my those plastic ones original plastic ones that randy made and you could wash them they're nice and eventually some of the inks start wearing off from Mm -hmm. 40 years or something but uh when uh randy had passed and then when uh i i needed more made and actually kind of quit selling because it's doing all this other high-end big stuff and sure good, well, that was know. only yeah and i was always bad at marketing i'm not good at marketing so it's not like i said i have to pump these out and get them out there you know i just yeah. things were i was happy with everything so i so i uh met a buddy uh new friend in cleveland that i was hanging out with and he owned a printing company mm-hmm. and then i couldn't didn't know where to get these made he said well i can't make them out of the plastic we can't we can't handle that he said but we can make them out of a really good cardstock and will laminate both sides it'll feel like plastic water and i would say they are yeah yeah they're just as good mm-hmm. they're just a little thicker is all but i don't know that that's bad but uh mm-hmm. I, I think they're both uh they're both equally good quality uh, uh, quality i guess but i'm sure you, you did different. sell thousands of those and so have you sold the rights to somebody else who takes yes um to uh to doc oh doc he's got the no yeah, it is Doc Eason. Yeah, okay. it was Doc because I talked to a couple of people about it, and that was a while ago. Mm-hmm. So Doc had called and wanted to sell them. Mm-hmm. And so we just cut a deal, and, and uh, he would buy so many at a time, and um, uh, and then my guy would still print them for him. Yeah. And so I gave him the rights to sell them and market them and, because I knew he'd do a better job of it than me. And and he was out 
lecturing more and sure. doing stuff, you know, so it made sense. And Doc's yeah. a good guy. He's a great guy. He is a great guy. It was tragic what happened with his son, and he's going, you know, been going through some difficult times. Um, I, 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 didn't, I wasn't even yeah, aware of that. Yeah, his son had committed suicide. Oh, John. Yeah, and he had traveled the world with him. He had taken his son with him when he'd been lecturing and stuff, and they were very, very close. Uh, he'd been divorced for a while, but his son and him, yeah. you know, were together, and it was... He still had a difficult time. Um, but wireless wizardry uh, was cool because then you started, I remember what used to be that Scott Hollingsworth would get together for us uh, at lunch on Tuesdays and we'd all mm -hmm. kind of hang out and that was a, a great kind of a melting That was part. always fun. That was. Yeah. And that's where I felt like that I was learning the most, you know, from guys. I mean, we'd be at dinner before the shows. Yeah, the a lot of whatever, great but. guys out of Houston, very knowledgeable, a lot of talent there and then mm -hmm. we'd all get together and spend a few hours. Yeah. And about halfway through, Frank Price would fall asleep. Remember? He was always asleep <laughs> by the end of lunch. That. Yeah. Because he, he was around the clock. You know, he's a yeah. judge. He's doing magic at night. He's on a bench all day. Yeah. He would fall asleep. Can I tell you, interject yeah. Yeah. my yeah. first Frank Price story? Yeah. So Frank uh, couldn't have been more gracious. Uh, he, when I first worked Magic Island, I didn't even know. I just recently found out they had magic conventions. Hmm. I didn't. I knew nothing about magic. I, I, when I was a kid, I I knew I loved magic. You knew the comedy club circuit, but not magic. Well, magic. yeah, and but uh, even the comedy uh, that kind of happened around the same time. I started headlining comedy clubs and then Magic Island. So, but I mean, I I just wasn't. I didn't even really know they had conventions. So when I started performing professionally at the Poos in the Flats. Uh, of Cleveland, that was by accident. I had clients on my boat uh, for my engineering business, and we were out on the deck and uh, horsing around, and and I was doing some magic for them, and it, and it was in the middle of summer on the river, and the place is packed, and yeah, and a couple people coming around the table and are laughing, and we're all having fun, and and I had never seen myself performing. I I, I was okay with a couple people and horsing around, yeah. And this guy taps me on the shoulder, and he and he says, uh, uh, "Can I see you by the bar?" It was the owner of the place, and mm -hmm. this was the hottest place in the flats when the flats were hot. And I thought he was going to ask me to leave because <laughs> <laughs> I was making a scene. We had people yeah. standing around laughing and blocking yeah. the, the tables. Sure. And I said, "I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry." He said, "No, no, I, I want to hire you." And that's how that whole thing Holy started. So I'm working at this the so you had to learn some in tricks. the flats. <laughs> yes. Well, I was just doing close up, you know, yeah. cards and stuff. Yeah. And and he, I said, what do you want me to do? I said, I don't do this for a living. He said, well, I, I just just for the summer. He said, people are complaining it takes forever to get their food. We're always so busy. I just do what you were doing there, whatever you were doing. Yeah. Just be, people are having fun. They're not th complaining about their food's not there. Yeah. And so I did. And then after the summer, he said, you know, we get a lot of calls for you. Uh, do you want to stay on and do this all the time? He said, we're, we have people calling all the time. Is Kerry going to be there? Is the magician going to be there? So I said, sure, I'm having fun doing it, but I'm still doing my engineering and my boat chartering at the time. Mm -hmm. And then the one day he calls me and he says, uh, hey, we're going to start doing Monday is the only night where we don't have, they would have good show bands and stuff in there. They had a nice lounge, a nice room for performing. Also, and he said, it's the only night, so we're, uh, we're going to do Magic Mondays and you can do your stage show. And I said, I don't have a stage show. I said, I didn't even have a close-up show. And, and I said, ago. I don't do this yeah. for a living, yeah. Dick. And he says, well, get one because you're starting in two weeks. Here's the poster. He had posters <laughs> oh, made up already. You're committed. And I cannot think that. In fact, he just, all these years later, just came and spent, he and his wife, a couple of days with us on a boat. They do that every year and we hang. Yeah. 
And he doesn't believe me. I keep saying, you have no idea how responsible you are for me Your doing career. this right yeah. now. And, uh, and so then these local magicians start coming in. Yeah. Uh, they hear there's a magic show, so they come in. And I didn't know there, anyone had magic clubs. or I just never entered my mind. Right. So uh, they're talking to me, and they're saying, hey, you want to join the club? And I'm saying, what club? And, and they're saying, well, the magic club. We have a yeah. magic club. And I, yeah. I said, they have clubs for you guys get together? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. I was so ignorant to all that. And they said, yeah. So uh, I, I said, well, I don't have time, really. I'm pretty busy with my two jobs, and I don't know. I'll, maybe I'll come to some meetings. May, I, I don't know, I guess. So, But they became regulars. Then it's, hey, are you going to Abbott's this year? And I said, what's Abbott's? And they said, the convention, yeah. the get-together. Right. And I'm saying, well, well I, I don't know what that is. And I said, you have conventions? And they say, yeah, it's a magic convention. Clueless. Uh-huh. So I said, all right, I'll, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> and and uh, they said, do you like to camp? <laughs> and I said, I used to camp when I was a <laughs> that's kid. That's right, that's right. And they said, well, bring a tent because that's what everyone does. There are no hotels. So I I did. And then I find out there are these magic conventions. And and then uh, just everything started happening after that. And then i meeting guys. Well, Johnny Ace Palmer was uh, from Warren, Ohio. Yeah. So he was one of the guys who would come in and see me. So I got to know him in both of our younger days, right? And that was when he was just getting started too, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, but he'd been doing a lot longer than me still at that point. And you don't find people much nicer than Johnny Ace Palmer. Stellar guy. And, 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 and guy. it's none of it's phony. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, very genuine. it's from his heart. Yeah. And <clears throat> so we got to be friends. And, and so he... Uh, and a few other guys that were working Magic Island at the time that had seen me mm-hmm. uh, kept telling Scott. And they said, you mm-hmm. should get this Kerry Pollock. He's funny, you know. And he, he does this show. And Scott's saying, who the hell's Kerry Pollock? I'm yeah, sure. right, right. And, and they're saying, yeah, just trust us, trust us. And so Scott did. You know, he called me and he said, hey, you know, Mitch Williams and Johnny Ace Palmer and I think uh, Hank Lee because Johnny brought Hank Lee and went to, enough people told him. I don't remember Hank being there. Uh, or not Hank Lee, Hank Morehouse. Hank Morehouse. Hank Morehouse. So I, Scott calls me and I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll work it. And, and this is still how naive I was. So, but I'm still, at the time, I'm still doing like designing machinery and stuff out uh-huh. of my home as a freelancer. Yeah. And, so I'm telling the, the guys I know now, the regulars at the club uh, that I was performing at, I said, hey, I'm going to work uh, Magic. Yeah, I, we see you're working Magic. You're going to be working with Vito Lupo. My first time in was with yeah. Vito. And you're going, and, and, and I said, who's Vito yeah. Lupo? <laughs> right. And they're all going, you don't know who. And then when I'm going to, uh, and then as I worked uh, island, people are saying, are you related to Channing? Who's Channing? Yeah. I, 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 I really, I didn't know who any of these people right, were. Right, right, right. And now I tell people, when people would ask, are you related to Channing? I'd say, no, but he likes to tell people that. Yeah. I, that's always my stock answer. So um, I get there, I meet Vito, yeah. who, who could not have been, you know, Super he nice didn't guy. know who I was. Yeah. And after our first show together, and he saw me, he, he tells me, you need to meet my buddy, Joe DeLion. You yeah. guys are two peas in a pod. He said, you just remind me so much of him, and he reminds me of you. And so for years I've been hearing this, and I finally meet Joe DeLion. We're doing a TV show together yeah. up in uh, that Toronto. That off the hook. Oh, I love him. Uh, he's, he is. He's great. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I do love him. And, 
so you know, I just started meeting everyone, and I, I got sidetracked. I forget what the original question was, but Frank. But I remember oh, Frank. So I remember Joe DeLion one time at the Magic Island, and we were it was fin- he was finished with the last show, and there was somebody he was trying to do some just some impromptu uh, close up with, and yeah. the girl kept trying to bust him because she'd been drinking a little bit. So yeah. I was on the other hand, and he he was not going to lose. Yeah, he, you know, at the end of the evening, yeah. he had her. You didn't beat Joe DeLion. <laughs> he was amazing. He was great. So Frank. Well, one more Joe DeLine thing. Then he opened his own club. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, uh, it was Wiley, Wiley's for a while. Not Wiley's, uh, Wise Guys. Hmm. I worked at Then Joe called me. He said, hey, I'm opening my own club, you know, <laughs> in, in the Syracuse Hotel. And I love the name of it. Viva Debris was the name of it. Long Live Trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I went up and headlined that room for him a couple times. It's just always so much fun to hang out with yeah. him. So anyway, um, Frank. So Frank. First of all, my first day there, I checked in the Holiday Inn. That's before they had the condos, right? Uh, oh, yeah, they called it a condo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, my cat condo I had for my cats was a little nice. I slept enough. on your couch, I yeah, think, once or twice. Put it in that condo, and I love. I have a good. My favorite Scott <laughs> Wells story about when it snowed that day. When <laughs> the light dusting of snow for you <laughs> listeners out there, barely a light dusting of snow. Yeah. That, it's more like frost. <laughs> and and Scott comes walking through my bedroom because that's where the bathroom is off the bedroom. And he, I woke up as he came through and he, he says, hey, thanks for the for the couch. Uh, I'm going to head out. And it is snowing to beat the band. Your exact word. It is snowing to beat the band. I said, yeah. snowing and it, to beat the band. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. You know, yeah. I, I look out the window when I get up. It's like a little bit of frost blowing around. I I think, he needs to go to Cleveland <laughs> <laughs> if he wants to see a band. So anyway, uh, Walter Blaney called me yeah. out of the blue. And he goes, hey, Kerry, I just want to be a first to welcome you to Houston. Houston yeah. And he didn't know who I was, you know, but that's the kind of guy he, he was, yep. right? Yep. And uh, and he and he says and I said well who is this and he says this is Walter Zaney Blaney I, I'm sorry but I don't know who you are <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure and he said it like yeah I've been on a Tonight Show yeah. I'm Zaney Blaney yeah and I, I don't know sorry I don't, I'm sorry <laughs> yeah I, said, I don't know who anyone is and so he said well, I just thought maybe I'd pick you up and take you to lunch guess where we went. Went over to Cinco Robles? No, no. Oh, uh, oh well, to Luby's, of course. It's yeah, Walter, Luby's, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so he takes me to Luby's. Then he takes me to see Becky. She was doing a show at an mm. amusement park. And uh, and he just couldn't have been nicer and made me feel yeah. welcome. And then I do my first couple nights. And Frank uh, says, hey, you know, you know, if you're in town and uh, you get bored or something, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to go see a movie or something or do something. And, and he was super nice. Yeah. And I was telling all my friends, you can't go to a nicer place. <laughs> Everyone is so nice there. Yeah. And so Frank, I said, yeah, I'll go, I'll go see a movie. And uh, it's better than sitting in a Holiday Inn. And so I just meet the guy who's all class, a classy guy, but, yeah, uh, and, very much so. and could be very funny. Picked you up in his Jaguar. Yeah. And, and well, my second time there, he gave me the keys to Jag. He said, you need to just take the Jag while you're here. And he'd give me his car for the yeah. month, you know, and I was always nervous had to drive. And I thought, I don't want to wreck this guy's Jag. <laughs> so he, uh, we're in the movie. It was the first Steven Seagal movie, Above the Law. Okay. He told me, yeah, I want to see this uh, movie called Above the Law. So we're going, it's Frank and I and sitting there. And normally, you know, when you go with a buddy and there's room, even my wife sometimes, <laughs> you leave a seat between you for, to put your popcorn in yeah. and it's spread out in a little more room. So yeah. and it's kind of the theater's 
wasn't that full, but there are enough people in there. So I sit down, he sits down right next to me, you know, yeah. and I just met him. So we're watching a movie and I'm eating some popcorn, he's eating some popcorn. And I swear to you, 15 minutes in, he's sound asleep. And he, <laughs> fell, he was ice bound asleep because yeah. he worked himself to death. Yeah, yeah. And then five minutes later, his head is on my shoulder. <laughs> he just slides over and his head is down. And I was sitting here with a guy I just met two days before with his head on my shoulder in a movie, in a movie theater. theater. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's just so funny. And when he woke up, first time, like at the end of the movie, I, I thought, I'm going to let him leave his head on my shoulder, you know? So I'm eating my popcorn, try not to disturb him. And at the end of the movie, he kind of woke up and he looks around, takes that off my shoulder. And, and, he, and I said, did you enjoy the movie, the movie? Frank? And he, he goes, yeah, it was pretty good. So I reminded him that so many times. So that was uh, that was my first Houston experience. But it was all good. That was fun. All yeah, good. Magic Island was a, uh, yeah. a a place in time. And even if they reopened it, which I don't know if they ever will it or It can not, never be what it was. It really can't, no. you know, because no. a lot of people had cut their teeth there. And, and it was fun. And, yeah. and, and the energy from the... Audiences too were just great. Yeah, they loved you. Yeah, and, and uh, it was a different audience than the Magic Castle. Audience, oh yeah, I, I was just we were talking about it at lunch with Patrick, uh, Prozeki, and and uh, Mike Sears, <coughs> and uh, Magic Island came up, and I said that I I said in those days, in my opinion, much better energy at the island than I've ever seen at the castle. You know, from, mm -hmm. from everyone, not yeah. just the um, certainly. That years ago, when I first worked the castle, I would say it was kind of clickish. It's not that way anymore. It's more like mm -hmm. the uh, island now, I mm -hmm. think, you know. But I remember the first time Vito worked the castle. Uh, I, and the castle or the island? Uh, the island. No, the castle. Okay. I was working with them. Uh, we were working Magic Island in Newport, yeah. Vito and I together. And Vito, he didn't work it. He went to the castle. Mm. And Vito, a great guy too. Sure. But, you know, he'd get pissed you know he could get that new york <laughs> yeah. italian in italian him. yeah and, and uh so he we're staying at a marriott residence uh you know two-bedroom Vito and i when we're working there and so he said i'm going to the castle tonight I, I, you know i'm gonna go check it out he had never been there and that's how long ago this was and so i stayed you know there at the hotel and he comes back late and i said so how was it and i had never been there, there mm -hmm. at that point either i said how was it I said, I'm never going back to that place again. Now, who the hell do they think they are? Who the hell? And he was on a rant. Wow. And he said, do they, do they know who I am? I'm Vito Lupo. I'm Vito <laughs> Lupo. And I got birthday magicians turning their nose up at me. And I, so I don't know who he, uh, I don't know if I, I don't know who he was talking about because I wouldn't have known who the people were then right, if he exactly. told me the name. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I, Vito never had an attitude like that. That's yeah. the first time I ever saw him that you know who I am. I'd never yeah. heard him say that. But he was that upset that I don't know what happened. I don't remember. But a couple people evidently just snubbed him or something. And, and it's like. Uh, so, like you say, it was pretty cliquish. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Back in the day. But I think it's. Yeah. I think that it has gone through a lot of uh, changes. You know, since I think it was some Goldfinger of the politics some that this. created those cliques, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And. Um, I, I don't. I haven't really seen that of recent years, but I can remember what you're what you're talking about with that then as well. Uh, on on the wireless wizardry and things that you did you uh, and Tim took it for a while and then he sold or no, I still uh, always had it and still do. It's changed names. Okay. Um, uh, Gio uh, Giovanni uh, is a good uh, friend, Giovanni. Yeah. And uh, years ago, probably twenty years ago, I'm at his. But when we're building this house. 
Right. And uh, as I recall, he was wanting to build this like in Orlando, uh, kind of as a corporate. Well, that uh, was retreat. a different project too. Okay. Yeah, sorry. it's a, it was a brand new building in a corporate. Because uh, you built area. in that yeah, the glass time and compass, all, that stuff. all kind. Of, it was amazing what I put in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, but while I was down there with him, he he was the one telling me, you know, Carrie, you should change the name of your business, Wireless Wizardry. It was a good name starting out. And it said what you did. I just came up with, I need some kind of logo. I yeah. thought, well, it's all wireless stuff I'm making, and it's wizardry. Yeah. And I made the little logo with the... And uh, he said, come up with something that just sounds more corporate and for bigger. Are you doing bigger stuff? Are you doing stuff for... Uh... So I thought, okay, I came up with creative entertainment solutions, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's been that for the last uh, probably 18 years yeah. or so. And uh, now it's Island Illusions because I'm uh, letting a partner buy in and maybe one other guy and mm -hmm. we're on the island now and um but i still keep my name affiliated with it because uh, no matter what it's people remember it and they'll call carrie call they don't say call creative entertainment or they don't say call uh well, wireless wizard when you were building for uh warren at uh, warren and annabelle's yeah. then uh did he i assume he contacted you saying hey i've heard you're the guy and can you help me and no then... I, I knew warren from working wizards oh warren okay. was a close-up guy in the lounge before you go into theater uh, Warren uh, yeah, close-up at Wizards in L.A. So I knew him and Fred Wood, and yeah, Fred Fred's Wood a was a dear people. friend. Yeah. yeah, that Fred, and he was the president of Wizards, and he was uh, also ran the island in uh, Newport, Newport, and that's right. when I first met Fred. And I love that guy. There's so many good people uh, we meet in mm -hmm. this business, and he was he knew his stuff, and and Fred was a great guy. So um, has he passed or is he still around? No, he passed away a few years ago, okay. and. Um, and Wanda died way too early, uh, mm -hmm. years and years ago. So, uh, yeah, I met Warren. I didn't know him that well because I was always in the showroom. He was busy out there, but we'd yeah. see each other and hang out sometimes. And But I didn't know him that well. And there were so many times I'd go out to the bar to grab a snack or something or between shows. Mm -hmm. And he'd come up to me, you know, and, and I didn't know who he is. And he's this guy with a southern accent. And he'd come up and he'd say, you know, I'm going to build my own club in Hawaii. And uh, uh, I want you to be part of it. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, like, what do you mean? He says, well, I know the kind of, some of the stuff you're doing and Fred speaks highly of you. And and uh, I'm going to need someone to help me design it and build stuff. And, and I look, like your act. And I, if I'm yeah. not there, I'd like you to work it, too. And I, uh, so I'm th but, you know, how many guys do we all say hear that? and yeah. say that? And I'm sure people <laughs> were thinking that about me when I said I'm going to build my own club one day and semi-retire, you know. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah. So I'd say, yeah, let me let me know when you're ready, you know. And, and I, I didn't I didn't take it too serious. About it. Yeah. And after Fred saw Warren uh, talking to me a couple times, you know, at the bar, he came over to one time and he said, he said, you know, I don't know how well you know Warren, but he's serious and he's going to do it. Hmm. He, he said he's he's not just it's not a pipe dream. He's got business plans, a performa. He's got he's got getting investors already. Yeah. He said he's going to do it, and he and he wants you to do it. So don't you know take him serious. And sure enough, one day I got a call from him. He said, "Hey, I found a place in Maui. Get your butt over here." <laughs> so he, I flew over. And they just done demo and. We walked through with spray cans, spray paint cans, and just marking walls. On the walls, yeah. Yeah, where we're going to put what, and you know. And did start. you have an idea before he went over there of things, or did he say, or how how did you create? Well, he just knew he wanted some fun stuff, some gimmicks, and he wanted me to, uh -huh. you know, uh, perform there too. And uh, so he had some ideas, uh, some vague ideas, and so I and I had some ideas, and we just 
uh, flush them out together. Flush them out really after the, we're there doing the demo and a lot of talking hmm. and, and he knew he wanted the piano, you know, and he... Uh, the piano like a... Yeah, and I talked him into mm -hmm. calling Milt mm -hmm. and he, he wasn't going to do it. I don't. I don't have to call him. That's uh, he doesn't own piano pl uh, uh, player pianos. You know. Yeah. This one it can't hurt. That. It can't yeah. hurt. Why create bad feelings? Yeah. And, and it would be nice. And so he finally did. You know, he just called Milt and said, uh, and Milt was great and said, no, yeah, sure, do it. You know, and mm -hmm. he, he said, in fact, you could use our guy to. Uh, I, I, I remember him. I can't think of his name now, but nice guy that, and then I wired up the stool and that sunk in and turned and all that, right. and the tip box and all that. But man, I finished wiring up the piano too for uh, the guy that did the castle one. And then uh, the uh, he wanted some sort of special entrance room, you know, foyer to, okay. for people. You've yeah. been to Warren and Adams. You know, I never did. Come. Oh, okay. So, and he said, I don't know what we do, so see what you can come up with. Mm -hmm. So I was there for like a couple months at a time. You know, I had a little office downstairs where he had some offices while they were building things out. And I was back and forth a lot. But so I had come up with, but, you know, me being a, a, a liking the comedy, I'm coming up with gags too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, instead of just magic. And some things he'd love, he'd say, no, you save that for when you do Carrie's joke shop. <laughs> and he, said, joke he shop. said, say, I don't want Carrie, I don't want joke shop, I want cool magic. I said, it's going to be magic, it's magic, but it's also going to be fun. And you've yeah. you got something to sell them afterwards with this. And I had great ideas. And uh, most of them he took and, uh, or would consider and some would just be, no, when you do Carrie's joke shop, you can do that. So uh, this is the foyer, without realizing it, I... I designed an escape room that uh, it was Warren's initial, if I remember right, he had the initial thing of uh, uh, he wanted multiple doors, you know, mm -hmm. and and the ghost to be involved in it somehow, Annabelle. Okay. Yeah. And so he had a general idea, and I don't remember all exactly what it was, but it was a long time ago. And then I, so I started designing things, but I had some great, cool ideas too that were funny that he liked he actually liked the one where you go in and then you're going to go through a revolving door and mm -hmm. when you go into the revolving door you could see it was glass on there and so you go in, you could see all the people in the parlor right already there in the piano playing oh, that's but you don't get dumped out you get dumped right back into the room that was oh. going to be one of the doors that okay you can't get you go anywhere and it would be funny because now you've been through there now you get to watch everyone else walking <laughs> when through you're the, in, the, in the, yeah, yeah. the door to nowhere you know it right. just never it just put you right back in the room so he loved it but then they the town wouldn't let him do it because of uh ada you know, a wheelchair could oh, go through. Wheelchair, yeah. Mm -hmm. So then I had other ideas, and so we wound up with what he had. And but it was basically an escape room before they ever had escape rooms. You know, I, I yeah. always tell people I said, I designed the first escape room as far as I know because those four doors are very clever. And uh, Orn and I sat down and wrote a lot of the scripting, and the ghosts would they would just and uh, a group would go in of up to ten people, hmm. and uh, the hostess would just say hand them a key and just say, uh, you'll be needing this. And they close the door, and these people are just standing in this say, what? Yeah. little room that looks like uh, maybe a small den uh, with four doors and a bookcase over here. Yeah, Lights on each door, and each door had a, a name on it, like Destiny, um, Discovery, I forget what they were. Uh, and then that, we put the Hawaiian names, too. Mm -hmm. And as soon as the hostess closed the door, you were locked in there. And... And then the lights would go totally black just for like a second. And then they would all slowly come up. 
Yeah. And and the four lights that would come up are on the four doors and a and a light like a dim light on like an art light on the bookcase. And uh, you hear the ghost voice. He hired a great actress. She did a great job of voice actress. And she said, "Hello, I'm Annabelle. I'll be playing for you in my parlor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, once I grant you entrance, but uh, first you must choose between the doors. Mm-hmm. All right. And then that no, choose between the doors. That's when then then when the house lights dimmed down and the door lights came on. So all you could see were four, four lit doors, doors in yeah. a dark room." So whatever key they would try, it wouldn't work, and, a, and Annabelle would say, "Destiny, you chose destiny. It's not in your destiny." And so I wrote all the script for that, and it was it was clever and cute. And then one door at a time they try, but none of them would open. But each time, that door would dim down, yeah. Uh, so they knew what they had left. And then each time, I'd bring the light up a little brighter on the bookcase, and oh. it, it's and then I walked through this probably. 10, 20 times with groups like I was a customer just to see and so I could adjust timing on it because they wanted it to, they wanted it to be a two and a half minute thing because if people are all coming in, they need to get, right. get them in. So to watch the timing and to see how long it would take them and then I finally had to add a thing that were, okay, all right, you morons, here, here's your <laughs> obvious clue, you know. So, uh, but it was, uh, I, we got it just about right where some people would realize it, you know, and find it pretty quick. But most people, they had to get the final clue. So after all four things are lit, she said again, she would give a clue like it's, you know, things aren't always as obvious as they may seem. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, choose, you must choose between the door. Well, the only thing lit is the bookcase. So they yeah. head over to the bookcase. Right. And so some people are trying to move the bookcase. And then in the book, and that was Warren's idea. It was a brilliant idea. Uh, to have a keyhole the bookcase, in one of the there's a, Well, there's there's a... One of the titles on one of the books is Between the Doors. Oh. And, and he had seen that book somewhere and bought it. And that's what gave him the idea, if I remember right. And so we cut a spline in it, put a key hole in it yeah. that the key would fit in. All it was was a switch in there. So when they, when they, and they would get so excited, you know, they'd oh, look at it, Between the Doors, the book is yeah. Between the Doors. And they'd go, ah, oh, you know, and they'd put the key in. And when they would, she'd say, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. And then the, this brick wall would just open up. You know, instead of a bookcase, it's mm-hmm. like a brick wall with the little uh, sconce in it, and yeah, and that would open up, and you'd see the thing. You know, so the first time I did it, I before we had the voices from the actress, mm-hmm. I uh, I did the the thing. You know, just to oh, test everything. Okay. Yeah. I, it was my voice doing my script. Did you have it recorded, or was it just a well? Live... No, I did. I put it on the computer. I made it was a, I built the computer it was. It wasn't a standard computer back then. I wasn't writing software for Windows and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just built a computer. It was all machine code and stuff. Yeah. But I had recording chips in there and stuff and addresses and light faders. Wow. And I built on the same big circuit board two complete systems. Mm-hmm. So if it ever went down, if something fried, they flip a switch and they're still going. You know? Okay, yeah. So They're not going to be totally locked in right. there forever. <laughs> and, well, they, like and they can hazard. still bring yeah. people through. Yeah. So uh, the... It was my voice, so I, and being the jackass that I am, I, I didn't put the whole script in, you know. So I bring Warren and Lisa in, and Lisa always was real serious. Warren would could at least laugh at the show. That's his wife, Lisa. Yeah, and Lisa would get, Carrie, Carrie, you can't, we can't, you know. So, so I said, you guys, come on, we'll go through the room. I want you to see it. It's done today. 
So I'd say, here's the key, and we go down, and it goes, and lights, and Lisa's going, oh, that's cool. That's cool the way the lights all come up. That's nice. Yeah. So she's doing it, and, and and it's my voice saying, you've destiny, it's, it's, not, it's not in your destiny, and I'm doing it all serious, you know. And then when it gets to where they, when she's still, and they're going through, like, and they knew what was going to happen in the end, uh-huh. So, but they wanted to see Testing every it, aspect. Sure, sure. And then when at the after the last door, they still didn't get it. It's like, it's... Hi, this is Annabelle. Just how stupid are you people? What the hell is wrong with you? My God, look at the book. Look at the book. It says between the doors. Go on. Go on. And she hears that and Warren's laughing. And she looks and she says, we, we can't do that. We can't call him stupid. stupid. When I said, yeah. Lisa, it's a joke. And, you know, that was funny. I love doing stuff like that. Um, well, again, I know you had other things. We were talking about Geo, where he had built that uh, a couple of things, I guess, down in Orlando. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, his yeah. house was a basically. He wanted to bring all his clients to his house so he wouldn't have to travel and leave home. Oh, which that was, was the brilliant. idea. Mm-hmm. That was his house, and he had a stage in there, a beautiful room. I put more stuff in his house than I put in anyone's club. Really? Um, he had everything in that room. I mean, he well, Geo's an animal. He just yeah. goes nuts, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Everything. He had a, an alligator with his business cards. That, now, that was a fun project. He, what was that? he gave me a, a real alligator head that he bought somewhere. Yeah. It was, and he said, I want, how about you mount this like on a pike on a wall? And that's going to be Gregorio, the gator. And, uh, and then with, can you make it so his mouth opens and closes? This is a real alligator. Hmm. So I've got it in my shop and I've got a saw on him cutting bone and bone yeah, hands sure. And a smell. It just smelled so bad. <laughs> it know? hadn't been stuffed? Now, it, yeah, but it still, I was going through okay. the bone, I guess. I don't know. It, it was just awful. And Tim and I were like, oh, my God, we'd have to go out and get fresh air. So I get this thing going. And then I had uh, Gene Poor from Life Formations. I had him make a tongue that looked so realistic yeah. to put in its mouth. And then uh, we had a frog. Gio wanted a frog in there. He had a <laughs> stuffed big bullfrog that, that, that with this. And I had to get his little paws holding the cards. So there's a frog on inside of Gator's mouth on the tongue holding his business card. So when someone oh, would ask him for a card, he'd say, oh, yeah, Gregorio, Gregorio, take one over there. So they go over, and, you know, the <laughs> the mouth would be open like this, right? Yeah. And they'd go to stick their hand in, and as soon as they went, and the thing would just, <laughs> I mean, a loud roar. We had surround sound in there. So, yeah. And it would growl at the end. It would just scare the hell out of him. So that was one gag. Another gag was I had spinning lampshades on his bar. He'd get behind the bar and do close-up spinning lampshades there. Uh, at one point, uh, two uh, cupboards behind him would fly open, one on each side. Monkeys with one symbols banging. <laughs> yeah. When he'd do a thing, they'd get sucked back in. The He had a, a barracuda mounted on the wall, uh, a, a kind of on the wall beside the bar and the bar was cut into a cove so it was okay. lateral yeah like 10 feet away that was i think might be the hardest thing i put in there because you know it's i had all kinds of exotic electronics in there but he wanted it so when he'd say would you like a splash of water in that drink they it, they'd say yes he'd go barry need whistle and to get a steady stream a good stream of water that goes zoop through the air and hit that glass yeah. without it dripping all over right. i spent days on that with different valves and different just timings a sprint, kind of and pressures yeah, yeah it's got to be a, tum- a pulse right but i got it i got it where it oh could hit gosh. that glass every time and that would kill when he would do that so he'd had that he had a bookcase that opened and creaked real slow and that's where you went up a spiral staircase to smoke cigars and the overlook up there 
And then he had a stage in there, which was a, Gio's a genius. Um, that uh, so he could do a little stage show, yeah. and he had the back curtain, but he could, if you open that back curtain, there are French doors that open to the outside, and the stage goes outside. So if they have an event outside, he close, he does it from the other side. He had back back stages, oh, you know, oh, which was brilliant. He had um, he wanted a. He does a thing about everything had Italian names, of course, Peppino and Barry and uh, Gregorio. And so Peppino the mouse is a mouse that he, you know, steals things in his house all the time. So he's, he's, he would tell the people while he's doing stuff, Peppino, you know, Peppino's stealing everything. And they'll say, well, where'd that card go that we just, where'd that, oh, Peppino, up there, it's Peppino. And, and they go, there he goes, you know. So he want, all he wanted was a mouse store. Uh, and he had real high baseboards, a uh-huh. very classy uh-huh. look. So made this mouse door in the and built it into the wall. A little, so I made a whole room. Yeah, he like, just wanted a, a mouse door to go slam like the cartoons. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm so, Jerry. So yeah. he'd go, there goes Pepino, and and, you, and they'd look and they'd see that door slam, right? So <laughs> to, I always like to add something. So I thought, you know, here's what I'm gonna, so I made a door that would do that, and depending on which button he hit. So they do, then the next time they go, there he goes again, and he look again. And they'd see the de- door shut, but his tail's sticking out, tail, and it's wiggling. And the door yeah. opens, his tail sucks in, and, poof, and it closes, all right? <laughs> then I made up, I went to a what, dollhouse things. I made a little dollhouse in there with a bed. I shrunk down Gio's latest book, uh, The Amazing Dad, had that on his bed. Yeah. I got, I made some mouse porn for him. <laughs> got a picture of a cartoon mouse in a real slim bikini on, yeah. a, on the wall. And they're all <laughs> tiny. Put yeah. a lamp in there that would turn on and all, and and a ladder going up. That's Pepino's house. Yes. And a ladder going up because above him at the top of the eight-foot ceiling was a balcony. Okay. And that's where, uh, that was part of Pepino's place. A balcony, and he wanted shutters, so I made shutters that opened up, and there was a shade. My gosh. And you would see, this is when people are leaving, and he'd be saying goodnight. He'd say, he'd say, good night, Pepino. And you would hear, and the music would start. And you would see the, the shutters open and you'd see the shade with the back lighting and two mice, a male and a female, and, and they'd kiss. Lean in to kiss. And then the shutters would close and go down. That's and funny. then that's not even half of what he had in there. So then what he would do is, uh, you can tell me to shut up if you want to talk about something else. But <laughs> no, I think this is much more interesting yeah, what Gio did than I ever did. Uh, his ideas. So then he would, throughout the night, he would steal somebody's keys out of their pocket, their car keys, yeah. when he'd have guests. And, and, and they'd be looking for the keys. They'd be the last ones leaving. And he's looking for, well, where did you have them? And he'd play, he'd make it go 20 minutes and looking all <laughs> over for it. Well, they're looking on the floor. What they did. And it, right when they're getting ready to call a cab, mm-hmm. he'd go, Pepino, I because that's a gag all night. Uh-huh. And he goes, go check, and they, they go running in, and people would get, I'd see them, they'd get on the floor and lay down, and they'd open the door, and they'd look at it, and there's the keys on Pepino's bed that Pepino stole their keys, you know? In that old dollhouse so, yeah. thing. And, oh, and I, I found tiny beer cans that I had in there, <laughs> and like chunks of cheese and stuff, and it was fun. It was a cool, very cool. So house. was that house actually built like into the wall then, or something? It was glass that you it, could see, or I don't understand. No, it how was. They... It, it, you had to crawl down. It, the, the mouse door was pretty big, yeah, so you could open it. And six, you, eight you had inches, to look yeah. in and see, and then you could see the ladder going up to the balcony, okay. and then uh, the little bed. It was only you know what would fit in a. They we made that an eight-inch wall, mm-hmm. um, so I had quite a bit of room in their depth, you know, and 
and lamps and stuff and and then so like I did to Warren and Lisa so before I showed Gio, I made the silhouettes of the mice. <laughs> yeah. And in case any kids are listening, I'll I'll <laughs> clean I'll, it up. I'll, a little yeah, bit. clean it up. So I, the two mice are supposed to go and kiss, right? Yeah. And so I say, hey. It's ready, Gio. You want to see it? So, yeah, come on, Tracy, come on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it goes through the whole thing, and he go, and he go. Well, the 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 male mouse is rather excited. Okay, right? so <laughs> you can imagine the silhouette, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So now it's <laughs> and instead of just coming from kiss, it's by my land. And Tracy and Gio both lost it, <laughs> and Gio says. Please tell me you made that removable. And I said, yeah, I'm an agnetic because there are going to be times where you're going to want to go up and put that yeah. one on. And he said, yeah. yes, that's what I'm getting at so, yeah. when he had the right crowd. <laughs> it's funny. And then uh, recently uh, we had gone this year to um, Cleveland, Ohio, uh, mm -hmm. near where you live in Parma, where you're from. Yeah, Parma, Bruce's place. Uh, to Bruce Averbrook's place. And there was a really cool thing that you had uh, built, which was kind of like that Wellington light board, mm -hmm. but built it into On the lampshades. Yeah. Yeah. Explain uh, that. I was trying to tell someone else about it, and I kind of got confused as to, you, did you, you had to remove the, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that um, was, uh, well, years ago Bill was making those. And Bill's a great guy. Uh, Bill Smith, Bill Wellington? Bill, Bill, Welling, Welling, uh, Bill yeah, Smelk yeah. at Wellington. Smelk, yeah. Does beautiful work. And he had been making that light board. And then he had somebody make the first circuit boards for him. I don't know why, if why he came to me, because I think they were working fine, but he wanted me to start making them. Okay. And I, I made uh, some improvements. I made it a lot easier for him to work, and I think it was a little more reliable. But I, and at that time, I had told him years ago, I said, you know what, I think I could probably come up with a better way to do this. The thing I did, and I used to use this board for trade shows. I would do the four key things of the, the business, you know, the corporation you're doing it. it was, I never thought about it using a good that way for a trade to, show. Yeah, it was, a, it was a perfect way to attract, to get people in. Did you in use the larger one or the small one? The larger one. one. Oh, and okay. I just had the four lights, four colors, and I'd say here, you know, at Enritsu or whatever I, uh, corporation I'm working for, uh, we concent, uh, we're not just a one-trick pony, but we do concentrate and treat everything as a, a, a service Reli uh, um, you know, reliability, Quality, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I give them the <clears throat> spiel. And then I'd say, but, uh, but we're not just stuck on four things. We can adapt. We can multitask here. I'll give you an example. Say someone thought some, a wrench always gets thrown in your plan somehow, right? So come on up. We're going to put throw some wrench. I'd have them switch the bulbs around. Then I'd right. show them that, that we, we can straighten it out like that, you know? And it was a cute thing I put together. And the thing I didn't like about it was that you, the magician had to turn the switches on. Correct. In a, the, the right proper order, order right. to tell the circuit, you know, the software, which, what's where. But it's still what fry lay people. And, but I still didn't like that. And I said, you know, Bill, what if we, what if we made it more random? It just went through a sequence. So, you know, so no one could pick it up. He always goes the first to the third to the second to the fourth or whatever. Yeah, right, so let's right. make it more random, you know, and, and just like three things and it's always going to rotate. So it's going to be easy to remember. It'll just be opposite the next time or something, you know. Right. And he goes, no, nah, I, I think it just, I, uh, you know, and I, I didn't agree with him, but maybe he knew what I didn't know that people might complain. So I'm not used to that now or something. I don't, <laughs> and which I wouldn't blame him there either. But anyway, uh he didn't want to, and I said, and I, I think I can come up with a way to do this without even having to do any order. It's just going to be automatic. Yeah. And he, and he said, no, I, yeah, I just want to get some the boards going. So I said, okay. So years later, I had this idea, and I thought, well, I'm going to do it, uh, uh, you know, no matter what, for me. And, uh, and so I 
Bill and I sat down at lunch one time at Magic Live years ago, and and I told him about my idea, and I said, you know, I can make this automatic, and we can do, I'm going to do this and this and this, and and I said, so we agreed, and I said, but you know, want your permission, and I want you to be part of it if you sure. want, and he said, yeah, it's a good idea, and so the version you saw is what I came up with, and then. Uh, so he was going to build the lamps. I was going to do all the circuitry and we'd sell them co-op. We'd both sell them and we'd split any profit from mm -hmm. it, you know, which is great. And he's a great guy, but he was so busy. And then shortly after that, he went to work for Lionel because he kind of wanted to get out of building. I don't know if you're aware nope, of that. Nope, did not know that. He always wanted to work for Lionel, the trains. Train he's really into yeah. model trains huh, and he okay. loved making them. And he is a craftsman. He does beautiful stuff. And so he did that. And so he, he you know, he was busier than hell. It was hard for him to get stuff made and me and, yeah. and he was, and it just got so to where he did just, I, I, he couldn't make him as, I couldn't even make my part as fast as I wanted to because I was too darn busy. But yeah. I thought, I'm just going to make this version. He was okay with it. And uh, so that was the, only the second set that you saw that Bruce had. And now I'm, I'm doing one final change and going to uh, make one huge improvement on the, wouldn't be noticeable, but and uh, but then I also came up with the wireless version, so they don't have to be pennant lights like you saw. Mm -hmm. I've got a version, and that's completed now. So we're going to start going probably in the next couple months, making up gang. I'm gonna, I know I'll sell a ton of these table lamps. Table lamp you can put oh, anywhere sure. in your house. Okay, people can buy it, take it home, plug it into their wall. You can have one in a bedroom, one in theirs, and change shades, and it's going to go with the pull chains. Mm -hmm. And and unlimited. You can do just two lamps. You can do five. You can do ten. Doesn't matter. Yep. And uh, you can add them later, and it'll still work because of the way I, throughout the house, I, not necessarily I worked the out same the room software. Or yeah, yeah, throughout the house. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, which will be even more convincing because if someone really thinks about it, they're gonna think, well, they're all going up into the ceiling. There's got to be something Some up board. there controlling, yeah. and they'd be right, of course, but they'll think it less than uh, less. Uh, with the being plugged into looking like a lamp. And we'll offer your shades if you want custom shades of sports teams or something other than... Right. But essentially the effect is for those people who are listening who don't understand the uh, how the, the light board works, as you were saying, yeah, about how they, you can change out the bulbs or whatever, but the, and the colors of the switches are, will correspond with the bulb, regardless where you put the bulb. And then you finally move right. the switches so they're back in line and they all match. Yeah, and in my case, they're chain pulls with they're the chain pulls, pips right. of different colors or card pips that are magnetically stuck to the chain to designate what it controls. Mm -hmm. And then the shades also rotate because they're rectangular. So, so think of, by the way, the people who are listening, think of, a, like I'm thinking, of, a, of shades over like a pool table. Pool table or a bar. bar yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like a rectangular shade with four sides. So mm -hmm. the side you're looking at, you might see a diamond club, a heart, and a spade. Mm -hmm. And the diamond has a diamond chain pole and so on. But it can be unattended. People could sit at the bar and just play with these, and it works itself. Yeah. So you could take the diamond shade off, trade it with the club shade. And when you pull the diamond chain, the, the other light goes on that right. now has the diamond shade and so right. on. Then they can change the pips and leave the shades and it follows. And then they can also rotate the shades. So you can turn three shades to show a diamond maybe. And when you pull a diamond chain, now those three go on. Yeah. And the my uh, method, the Bruce, Bruce uses, my uh, storyline is that uh, uh, Houdini's 
spirit was here and not many people don't realize, or you could say it about a relative, they, they were mm-hmm. yeah, at OCD and it used to drive, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, my grandma nuts when you would, something was out of order. So it drove her nuts, you yeah. know, we used to move the rug just to irritate her, you know. And and to this day, her spirit. Watch this. I'll show you. Change that shade. She's not going to like that. I'll pull that one. Boom. And it's a it's a fun story. And then yeah. Bruce uses it with Houdini because he's yeah. got a lot of Houdini. That stuff makes sense. There. Yeah. I was thinking about another product that you made a long time ago. And again, we were we were at lunch, uh, one of those Tuesday luncheons. Uh, you were talking about this big turban that would have like ping pong yeah. balls or something like a lottery number or something. Lottery and you made one for back King, which he used for a while. Yeah. And when I was almost done with Max, I was telling Mac about it one time mm-hmm. uh, when I was hanging out with him out in Vegas. And, and I was telling him about uh, this turban I'm working on. He goes, oh, man, it sounds so cool. Mm-hmm. He says, would you make me one? And I said, uh, I, I wasn't planning on selling them. But I said, yeah, I, I love Max. I yeah. love him. I love his act. He's, yeah. he's brilliant. He's the best. And so... I said, yeah, sure, I'll make you one. You know, I don't care. I, I, I you know, just if anyone ever comes to you saying, Gary stole your bed, let them just tell them the <laughs> truth. I don't want people thinking I'm stealing your act. So I, I'm almost done with it. And then it hit me. I'm thinking, what the hell am I thinking? And he didn't think of it either. So I called him. I said, Mac, yours needs to be plaid. Oh, of course. <laughs> you know, uh, do you have any material left? He goes, how did I not think of that? I said, I yeah. don't know. I didn't think of it either. I said, it just hit me because I have this uh, seamstress making the turban part of it. And it hit me. And, and he said, I have the material. I'll send it to you. So he sent it to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it was. Made that I have fun with it. That actually fries people in the club. Explain the effect on that. It's, so I, I'm wearing this turban. I gave it to a costume maker in Vegas, actually. The Dick Franco. It's an oversized turban, by the way. Yeah. Huge, like Johnny Carson's, yeah, Karnak. Like, yeah, yeah, and Karnak. I, I gave her a photo of Karnak. Mm-hmm. And I said, I wanted to look like that. So many people recognize that. And now it's got a reason to be a little larger yeah. because it's a parody on Karnak now, right? And people would recognize it. Otherwise, what's with the really large <laughs> yeah, crazy turban. blue turban? It looks yeah. nothing like that. So, so, And she did a beautiful job. I mean, everything from the pearls to the emblem and the ostrich feathers, and she did a great job. So I put this on my head. I, I say I've recently acquired this relic that uh, empowers me and uh, it gives me the gift. And, and uh, now I've got a very funny video that you see this going through time. This turban, I, you know, photoshopped into different things and how Hitler stole it. And you see a black and white photo of Hitler and his generals and they're pointing at the turban because now the, and then it was <laughs> stolen by a U.S. president. And you see the I put it in a video and followed it. It's on Nixon said saying, I am not a crook yeah. after he was accused <laughs> of stealing the, uh, the power of the turban. You know, yeah. it's a funny video that introduced it while I all the curtains closed and I put it on and it's got a chin strap, you know, to hold it on my <laughs> head. And then it opens up. It says, now in the hands of a humble magician, you know, from some remote island <laughs> who only uses its powers for good, you know, and, and it opens up and I'm standard. So it's very funny uh, reveal. And the, just the chin strap looks so stupid. Yeah. And that was Matt King's idea, actually. Oh. He said, yeah, you know, you should put a chin strap on it. Because we were talking about the bowl sticks on, stays on your head with a, like a headband, you know, yeah. or a hairband. And I said, yeah, kind of take it off. Personally. He says, you should put a, a chin strap on it. I said, brilliant. So I did. I got a football chin strap. So, so to explain to the audience, uh, I see this. I have, uh, I bought the, uh, idea the rights to do it from Chris. 
tried to, and he said, just do it. You're too good of a friend. We do for each other. Oops, poop for each other. And uh, so Chris Mitchell had the idea using those long poles, you know, to extend out. So I can reach the back of my club with that. It gets heavy because it's like like, 25 feet long or something. Yeah, Yeah, and I've got a, a, I I just have a big freezer bag full of lottery balls. And I goes all the way back rowing and you're swinging it over their heads. You know, I'm smacking people in the head with the the bag. And they, so they pick four, five, six numbers, whatever you want to do, any amount. And it's cool because it shows it's not a force, you know, they're reaching in. It's, it's not a change bag. It's just a clear bag. And, uh, and then I say, um, you know, I've had six numbers on my mind since noon today after they have them. And then I have someone in the audience, they hand them a bowl. I say, go collect the balls that they chose, please. And she yeah. does, she's got a bowl, a duplicate of what I have in my head. And I say, now I've had six numbers on my mind since noon today. Mm-hmm. Cause that's when I get up. And then I say, literally on my mind, when you take the turban off, then this chin strap holds the bowl on my head. And that's when they see the bowl with six duplicate balls in it that all match their balls, you know? Mm -hmm. And then now at the end, now the way I've been doing it, only five are in there. So I make, looks like I missed one. Hmm. And I, and I I play it up and I said, geez, I could have, I know I put six balls in there and I go, oh, well, well, five out of six. I suppose you guys always get five out of six on the lottery, you know, and yeah. then they all start clapping. <laughs> and then I, so I go to put the terminal, and I go, oh, wait a minute, wait, there's a ball in here. That, that, it, it fell out of the ball. What, what are we missing? And the audience, you know, 17. Yeah. And I go, here you go. And I squeeze a, a white bowling ball drops, hits the stage. <laughs> and this thing just came out my head. A bowling ball drops out with a 17 on it. That's great. And it freaks them out, just freaks yeah. them out. In fact, when I put that in, we're fooling all the staff at the club. Uh-huh. All the staff at our club would say, oh, what, what, how's that? What an addition. And they're, they're behind stage. And, and, you know, it's funny. It was funny. Um, so I do that. And my favorite story about that is I did it at the castle. I worked that one out at the castle. I just okay. finished it. I took it to the castle. We could 21 shows. Yeah. Get a good chance to yeah. work it out. Yep. And Mark Wilson was in the audience. And uh, another great guy. And I got to know him so well just from working with Greg a lot and, and uh so he came backstage right after my show, and he said, Carrie, I really, I, that turban thing is just great. And it's sitting there on that shelf, you know, where you first walk back before you get to mm-hmm. the dressing room. Dressing room, right. And he just keeps, like, looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I said, do you want to see inside of it, Mark? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I showed it to him. I turned it over, and I gave him the thing. And you see it moving, you know, the, the, I've got a whole index in there. Just yeah. thinking it pops the balls out, you know, into the bowl. And he just looked at me and says, ah, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. <laughs> Siegfried, when he saw my dart chest work, I loved his quote. Uh, you know, at the quarters in the States. No. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, which that was a takeoff of... The turban, I had a couple mentalists, uh, Jerry McCambridge. Jerry did. Called me. Yeah. And, and Jerry said, God, I love your turban. It's just brilliant. It's not a force. It's so clean. And, and he said, he said, but I, I do serious mentalism. I can't put that thing on my head. It's just yeah. not me. It's not my character. And he said, can you come up with something similar, but something that would match me better? And I said, you know, I've been kicking around wanting to do something with quarters with the states. Mm-hmm. With all these state quarters now, that could be a prediction. No one's going to think that's a prediction when you've got the, these quarters in your hand, right? right? And uh, so I said, let me say that. And that's when I developed, you know, the the, the dark chest, the state of mind, mm-hmm. uh, came out of, from that. And uh, 
so that's how that came about, you know, for someone that wanted something. I hope you got a picture, uh, or rather talk Mark Wilson into putting that little turban on and then taking a picture. No, you know, that, I didn't. Funny. I sure. But Siegfried came over at Magic Live one time, and uh, Darren Romeo brought him over and, and said, you have to see some of Kerry's stuff. And so he saw the barstool levitation, and he loved yeah. it. I had mine there that was quiet. And, I mean, and like that, you have the castle on the island? Uh, that kind of a thing, the bar stool. No, I never did it at the island. I used to do it at Warren and Annabelle's. It's okay. Fechner's, but I completely redesigned oh, okay, it, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, okay, never mind. With his permission, and so I, uh, the uh, dart chest, uh, I did it for Siegfried right there at the table. I'm throwing the darts, you know, and I put the four quarters in, and and then the four quarters are from there, and it just fried them, you mm-hmm. know. And and he says, "Can I see inside there again?" I said, "Yeah," and he's like feeling around i let him because uh, yeah. you really have to know exactly what to do and and i said you want to see the works and he goes yes so i i left the lid open and i ran through it and he saw the one flap go down cover the quarters saw the other flap open the four quarters ding 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 and he yeah. saw it go back up and he realized that it was all in a calculator that i'm hitting you know uh-huh. sending it and he just looks at this and he <laughs> he looks at me he says you are a very sick man. <laughs> That's what he said. And then he said, very, very you all these years when I need you. And I said, waiting by the phone, and you never called. <laughs> That's what I told him. <laughs> he says, see, you're a sick man. <laughs> so. Man, uh, that's great. You know, I, I was thinking about other things, you know, going all the way back when you were first making show tech and you were thinking about uh, putting this thing. That's back. I remember you had introduced me to the Palm Pilot and um, yeah. you were, you know, keeping dates and things in there. I thought, what is this? Yeah, you know, and Geo kind of got thing. me going on the Palm Pilot. Oh, was Pilot. that right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then you said, well, I've got this. And then uh, I, I gave you some money and, and then it took a while and said, well, I'm going to be doing something else with it. And it just got bigger I and bigger. I kept improving it as I was working exactly. on it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so got a good deal because it's like, hey, you know, you already paid me way back when. And that yeah. uh, it's now like twice that for I, I yeah. charge. But <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember that. And I remember then when it went from, uh, well, before Showtech, it was a mini dual cassette decks originally. Oh, oh wow. Okay. And then when they came out with uh, MIDI, mm-hmm. uh, uh, mini discs. That was while I was working in Houston. So I bought a yeah. mini disc player. I thought, good, now I can go right to a track right. with track marks, you know, and I looked into it. So I remember Phil was running sound out there, yeah. but I always did my own. Phil Camp. And I had my uh, double cassette player, and I said, Phil, would you run for the next few days? Would you do my sound cues? I had a lot of them. For the, remember the dating game? Yeah. I had all those yeah. cues in the yeah. dating game. Right. And, stuff. and so I said, would you run my music? And I'm thinking, oh, he's going to demolish it you know because i did i had a lot of cues and yeah. i, I ad lib a lot so it's i thought it's gonna not gonna be but i wouldn't care if he messed it up but he's doing me a favor yeah and he said why i said well i'm gonna tear the guts out of this and put it in some this mini disc player and i want to get it going by the end of the week so i can mm-hmm. start selling these instead he said yeah sure a lot of guys would complain that phil would miss their cues sometimes but i think he was very good overall for all the acts that came in and yeah. out so i'm thinking okay it's gonna be a disaster like two nights after two nights of shows, not one cue. He didn't miss one cue. Everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, not even a second off. And I think, yeah. my God. And I said, as so I went back, I said, Phil, have you really been paying that much attention to my show? I know I've been here a lot, but yeah. I have a lot of cues. How? Yeah. He said, Carrie, no, I, I, all I do, I keep my finger on the pause button and I watch your feet. He says, I'm watching your feet. 
Yeah. Because I do them with my feet, and I, that's choreographed. I didn't even realize I'm still doing this. I didn't even have oh, the switch. switches on my yeah. ankle. Yeah. I, and I didn't oh, realize. He just every time my feet came together, he go. Tick. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, what yeah, and he never missed a cue. He said, "He said, I'm, you know, I don't know. What I necessarily enjoy looking at your feet the whole time around, but he said, I. <laughs> so that's how how he did it. It's One last thing before we close over here was, uh, and probably this could be a whole topic as well, and that's about Bonk, your uh, game mm. show you were doing, like for colleges and everything, and corporate audiences corporate, and everything. Yeah, and, and that and was a lot of fun. Uh, I did casinos at a long run in Hooters mm-hmm. Casino and then five resorts down in Mexico on the Riviera Mero. And uh, so Riviera that's, they do that anymore? Two and a half, three years. Yeah, I haven't done it. I, the pandem- uh, pandemic, I stopped doing mm-hmm. it. And we've been so busy. And I, But I was just saying a couple of weeks ago, I said, we have to start doing it. We're doing it one day a week at the club because we yeah. get tourists come and see my show. And I'd say, we have a totally different show on Friday. It's a comedy game show. You'll have to put up with the same yeah, same guy, yeah. but it's a totally different show, and a lot of people would come back the same week to see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Charles is going to be doing it here. Uh, I, he has one of my sets now. He's going to put it oh. in here. Okay, that's I a think. good idea. Yeah. Uh, but uh, did it evolve to something else, or is it still bonk? Yeah, it's still bonk. Okay. And I came this close so many times. I, uh, I had CTV uh, bought, uh, uh, not CTV, Thunderbird Productions out of Beverly Hills mm-hmm. uh, saw it. And they called me. They found it online because CTV, Canada TV, National TV, went to them and said, we're looking for, we want a funny game show. And they already had like eight of their productions on CTV, yeah. so they had a good relationship. And I said, how'd you find me? And they said, we saw it online. We had everyone looking online, and this was our favorite. Yeah. And so they taught, they bought the option and paid me double for uh, what they wanted to pay me for. And yeah. Picked it up again because CTV loved it and said they wanted it. So they picked up the option again. Mm-hmm. But then they wound up changing their mind for whatever reason. And this close again with Merv Griffin Productions. Yeah. Uh, Matt Gavin saw it, loved it, fell in love with it. He was calling me. And then he pitched it to Merv. And he was the director of all TV entertainment for him. Mm-hmm. And he got back to me and he said, uh, Merv liked, loved it. He said, you know, I love it, Carrie. And he said... Merv's not well, not too many people are aware of that. He's he not well, yeah. and he does. He said this is not the time to do anything new for him. Mm. That yeah. So, but you know, there's so many times you get like that close. You know, <laughs> isn't that life? I think you know as yeah. a creator, no, 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 creator. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's, well, thanks for your time, and, and I appreciate this. And well, uh, boy, yeah, my enjoyed time it. went really quick. The name of my podcast is called The Magic Word. I always like to close by asking the guest, "What's your philosophy of life? You know, what what do you live by? What's important to you?" Uh, you know, I, I never really thought, I, I've said a couple of times, my motto is anything worth doing is worth overdoing. And, <laughs> and then I've always, uh, I think my main philosophy is what my mom drilled in, uh, to my head. Uh, do the golden rule, do unto others. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what religion you want to be, what do, that covers it all, right. covers everything, yeah. you know, do unto others. And, uh, and I've always, uh, I never thought about it and said, this is going to be my way of life. But naturally, as a kid, I've always lived in a moment. It's always uh, right. lived like it's my last day because one day you're going to be right, right? I, that's a cliche. But I mean, I've always done that as a kid. I grew up hearing my parents say, and this is the truth. People think I'm making a joke about myself, but it's the truth. <laughs> and I had great parents, so I'm not uh, complaining. Ever since I could talk, it would be Carrie. Just shut up. Just shut up for a minute. And I'm sure you probably witnessed that because you probably didn't get half the questions and because I get going and I get to think of things. 
But and they would and that they would say that, and they'd say sometimes you could just be quiet, you know. And I'd say no, no, I can't. And then the other thing I would hear is, Carrie, you don't always have to be having fun. Sometimes you can just like sit quiet. Just be. <laughs> I'd say no, I got things to do. I'm going to make a fort. I'm going to make a mini but you know. So yeah, I've, I'm just. I, I guess it's in my genetic makeup, but <laughs> but I love life. Uh, you know, I like life. I like people, and I'm enjoying it. And yep. I've got nothing to complain about. That's great. Other than the sciatic, the sciatic. we're both going through. <laughs> yeah, both of us. Uh, and so, when people come out to uh, Hilton Head, they should uh, look you up. Look me up, and if you're a magician, don't be scared to call and let me know, and we'll, we're happy to comp you in. How nice! So, uh, yeah. yeah, at the uh, Magic and Comedy Cabaret. Comedy Magic Cabaret. Comedy Magic Cabaret. Oh, so close on Hilton Head Island. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Carrie, thanks very much. You know, I you appreciate it. the friendship. And that I, you know, I look back at this, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how long has it been? Like 40 years or something, you know? It has been. It's been a long I forget how old I am sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, Until I look in the mirror. I keep saying, now I'm going to be 69 this January. I'm almost 70 now. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm 22. I'll be 70. Then I look next month. in the mirror and I say, yeah. man, you look like hell for a 22 year old. You know, but are you 70 year old or not? In November, I'll be I 72. I thought you were a little younger. Yeah. But isn't it's hard to believe though? It was yesterday that we're at Magic Island, yeah, doing the lunches, absolutely, right? Yep, and imitating Scott. <laughs> Woo! Our stars on our stage are truly, truly international, international stars. stars. <laughs> they come from all over this wide, wide world. Of I still remember it. Did somebody lose a rubber uh, band? band. Well, a large rubber band. R- a large ra- ra- no, a large a wad roll of cash. bills yeah. with a rubber band wrapped, wrapped around it, and he would <laughs> mime the wrap around. It. I love Scott. I found your rubber band. Carry <laughs> again. Thanks very much. Thank you. You're great. Appreciate it. So for the Magic Word Podcast, that was Carrie Pollock. This is Scotty Cow. I want to give a very special thanks to Kerry Pollock for being my guest here this week. We have been good friends for such a long time, and it's very difficult for us to sit down and have a chance to actually have a substantive conversation. And as he had said, uh, he did more talking than I did, which I think you guys can appreciate, certainly, because you hear enough of me all the time anyhow. But he did have a lot to share and a lot of great stories. So I want to thank you very much, Kerry, for being my guest, as I said. And I know the listeners got a lot out of that then as well. And if you do get a chance then to go to Hilton Head, be sure to go to his uh, magic comedy cabaret. It is, I'm sure I've not been yet, but I'm looking forward to uh, my first time in attending uh, there as well. I'm sure it's a great venue. And I again want to thank all of you guys and gals for tuning in and listening throughout this past year. As I said earlier in the podcast, we are wrapping up this year with this final podcast, and I thought it's a good way of trying to uh, give you some really great content, something that. Um, Kind of like, again, old friends getting back together, you know, for old Lang Syne. It's just uh, was 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 wonderful chatting uh, with, with Carrie. And then also just a reminder about the contest we have running right now for the DVD for the watch deal. If you go to themagicwordpodcast.com, there you'll have a chance then to sign up for the a chance to win that DVD if you live in the U.S. If you're outside the U.S., you can enter also. And if your name is randomly drawn, then I will let you know how much foreign postage is going to be. And if you elect not to pay for or reimburse for that foreign postage, then we'll draw another name. But uh, it uh, because it's not limited to those who reside within the U.S. However, it is free postage for those who reside within the U.S., only because of what the foreign shipping costs would be that are so expensive. 
anyhow, I have had just a wonderful year. Thank you guys for uh, all of your texts and also for getting on SpeakPipe and talking with me. And if you want to send messages, you can. I've been corresponding that way with some other people privately. If you want to have something that you would like to uh, say also that you want to go out publicly, it'll go out there as well. I'd be glad to uh, post that on this podcast if you have something to say on SpeakPipe that you want to share with the rest of the world then as well. Well, that's a wrap, I think, for 2023 and also for this episode with Kerry Pollack. So until next year, stay well, get booked, and remember to always do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Happy New Year!